and welcome back to the fourth official World Soccer and EPL podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, back after a terrific summer of transfers and rumors. With me today, treble winning fan, James Lewis. Yeah, that's me. Terrific intro, James. You've been working on that, I can tell. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Pete, Tottenham fan. How's the optimism, Dr. Pete? Sky high. It's a new season. Sky Optimism springs high. eternal. Sky high. And uh, Daniel Levy just laid the, the wood to Byron. They set a um, they set a transfer, what was it, a deadline for Byron. I guess Byron is used to bullying... <laughs> like German teams where they're like, we will walk away after this. We're going to put our last bid in. Daniel we told Levy. him what we told him we wanted the player. Why don't, why don't we have him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, and was, it, that was laughable and uh, enjoyable. Yeah. And I was reading um, on Twitter, some of the uh, Bayern reactions, the fan reactions. And they're like, he's such a baby. They called him a man child, like three or four times. <laughs> Levy, like what a baby. Like, is he not a professional? <laughs> no, he's gonna extract every single dollar out of you on deadline day when your when your bid goes up twenty million. It's like, like they've never Real seen Madrid anybody did. negotiate with them before. They just go. Yeah, they, that's like, what I said. Oh yeah, Harry Kane wants to come. I mean, he's coming. He just wants he wants to come. So this is, this is gonna be pretty straightforward. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him in time before preseason starts. You know it. Yeah, it's pretty laughable. Like you've never seen him draw these things out and on multiple occasions he's just said no for the principle of saying no because he won't be bullied because the way he sees it long term is more important to be the guy who's in complete control of the negotiation it's worth it to him to say no uh with christian erickson with modric didn't he say no first pete for a summer with modric yeah i remember he said no many times for modric and bale and then he sold Bale like two minutes before the deadline for ninety million, like yeah, fifteen years ago. <laughs> well, he did sort of replace him. <laughs> he attempted to replace him. It just six didn't work guys out. that weren't any good. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't very good. Uh, so a lot going on this summer. Not as wild as I was expecting. I guess the big story of the summer, guys, and you can correct me, is that the Saudi Arabia gold rush basically oil rush i guess where saudi arabia their tourism board or whatever their pr board decided that they're going to spend they said their budget for the next 10 years is 20 billion dollars on transfers to bring in world-class talent to saudi arabia and i'm not really sure what it is they're actually trying to achieve i mean james i guess it's just sports washing primarily because it's not like there's enough people in Saudi Arabia to like sustain a real lead, you know, like maintain a league. So I don't it's think it's, washing, right? I don't think it's sport washing though, because the whole, I think the necessary end piece of sport washing is that you have a brand uh-huh. that is help that is doing the washing for you. You know what I mean? Yes, like, it's true. Like no one, no one's like, oh wow, look at Al Halal. Uh, <laughs> I now I feel differently about Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I, I mean, so it's like, like it... uh, so 
I, yeah, so, but I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, they're definitely trying to draw positive attention to their league. Mm-hmm. So it might just be splitting hairs to say uh, it's not sport washing. But I don't think it'll have the same effect as effective sports washing might. You yeah, know what I mean? I, th- I think that's right, what you said. Um, it's just like, I guess right now when you say Saudi Arabia, I'm assuming you just think of oil or, um, you know, the big murder of the... Uh, of the journalist over there, like that. They kind did of murder stuff. that journalist. Yes, I yes. mean, I guess allegedly they did. Do we, do we have to say that legally? They definitely did it. Okay, allegedly. Allegedly. All right, keep your. Uh, they definitely keep did your it. Lawyers off. Allegedly. Me, I guess. Um. Yeah. So I guess if you were to ask me about Saudi Arabia, I'd say something like that before all this. But anyway, they come in with these huge bags of money. Um. They take tr- Cristiano Ronaldo and they're paying him. I don't know, like. 500 million or something. Um, And now we have uh, all these players are trying to buy. And this was so important for these teams like Chelsea um, and teams that have a ton of dead wood. United haven't really been able to sell anybody. City sold a couple, but they weren't dead wood. I don't consider um, Mahrez. Mahrez wasn't dead wood, but we did get, I mean, I would say was the surprising thing about that transfer is that mm-hmm. uh, I thought it seemed pretty cheap or reasonable. I guess. I mean, I guess he might be heading. He's thirty though. Late. He's thirty-two-ish, and is he going in. Yeah, oh. but I think he still had like he yeah, might have had two years left on his contract. So yeah, I mean, I guess it is the story though. Like they got better players than like the previous gold rushes we've seen. Pete, we saw China, the gold rush in China, where it was kind of like, they just kind of did the same thing where they're just dumping a whole bunch of money in. And then you had um, the Russian one, where that was a really strange Those were both, And those were both really similar in that it was like just kind of mid-tier Brazilian players. That's really all they wanted. Probably because it's easier to to go against the player's will and go to the agent's will. With Brazilian players, a lot of them are third-party owned or like a complex uh, version of that. Um, they did pick off old Fellaini, but yeah. So you have this Saudi Arabian gold rush, um, and that changes a lot of things. I think Chelsea, in particular, being able to offload five players that were on wages that are over 200k a week was massive for them. And Chelsea, who of course have spent this ridiculous amount of money in the last uh, year or so with new ownership, being able to offload guys like Koulibaly, who's 32 years old, making 325K a week. That, that Pete has talked about, Pete, you talked about this before, guys that just sit on your roster and cannot be moved. Uh, United has a couple. Ndombele for Tottenham sticks out for me. But it's a big deal to be able to transfer these guys out of here. You know? The only... The only- I'm only going to nitpick you a little bit, Tom. And we talked about mm-hmm. this a little bit before too. But I mean, they they only sold two people to Saudi Arabia. I will th- give you the Koulibaly. Oh, oh, Conte was uh, free. Yeah, Conte was Conte was free. Obama Young mm-hmm. went to Marseille. Um, yeah. You know, the only two that went to Saudi Arabia on transfers were. I'll give you Koulibaly though. He went for 23. I mean, I think they took a bath, a total bath on that. Yeah. Um. And the other one was Mendy, who. Yeah. I feel like the fee was a little bit low. Um. Mm-hmm. 
but they weren't playing him anyway. But I agree, getting him off the books is decent. But the you know who Conte went on a free to Idihad, and as Pilaquenta yeah, went on free. a free to um, Atletico Madrid and Aubameyang okay. to Marseille. Yeah, you're but right. I I might be Arsenal, United, and there. Chelsea mm-hmm. have are the ones that really have helped them out to a combined tune of you know 160 million euros plus yeah let's let's not go too far into that let's let's start since we're already in the maraz direction we're just talking about the saudi arabian influx where they're buying all these guys um it was a big deal in the transfer market manchester city have a really interesting um i guess mandate now because they just won the treble um and pep who has been with so many great teams in the past understands complacency probably better than any other manager ever I think he actually understands it better than uh Ferguson although Ferguson was able to fight it off um for his tenure I think Pep understands the highest levels of complacency so now you're looking at okay what do I need to do to keep this keep these guys motivated when they just won everything that we've asked for you know what I mean um, Pete, your thoughts on Pep starting the reload, where it puts Manchester City, and I guess if you want to put anything about Saudi Arabia within that, you can too. I think, you know, Pep is the ultimate professional coach, and at this point he's so experienced that um, he's obviously got a game plan for how to keep his team motivated. But even if Pep knows exactly what he needs to do, it doesn't mean the players are all going to respond. I mean, it's it's hard. It is very hard to repeat what they did last year or get even close to that. And, and the Premier League gets more and more competitive every year. And I don't think yeah. Pep wanted to lose Gundogan and Mahrez. And, you know, if uh, that's why I think Silva is not going to end up on Barcelona just because he lost his other two guys. Even if Silva wants to yeah. go, they're not going to not going to let him go. But you know they haven't they haven't improved as much as they usually do in the off season. Um, so far. so far, yeah. I mean, there's still time, but um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be worried about Pep. It's just a matter of can he motivate his own guys. And I mean, in the past, he's always eventually moved on after a certain amount of time, and he's past that point at City. So. How much longer is he going to stay? It's a great question. James, he did just sign a contract. I'm just laughing because it's. I think it's summer. every year you guys say how much longer. Well, usually we're kidding, and it's in stay? the context of like, ooh, he's going to leave to run away from the charges, or he's going to leave. We're usually just making it up to wind you up. But in this case, we're talking about – a guy who has never stayed beyond three years, and clearly he stayed beyond that. He's in year seven or eight, James. What is it? Yeah, eight. Seven, eight, eight. It's it's more like, um, now that he's got that Champions League, I think that was a lot of what was motivating him before. Like, what what is what is his long term goal? Is he going to try to erase like? Ferguson's records. I mean, you're not going to get to 20 championships. He's not that old, so I guess he could. I mean, they're at like. I think so. The, so his contract goes through 25, or the season ending in the summer of 25. So that's and his 
essentially infinite. You know, like that. That to me doesn't. Yeah, mean yeah. Anything. If he wanted to stay, he's staying. Yeah, if he's he wants to stay, stay but he's basically he said to, as long as he wants to stay, he's going to leave whenever he wants to leave. Yeah, I mean, he's basically said he's going to see out this contract. As what he says before is that he's going to see out this contract, which would end summer of 2025. So not this season we're about to jump into. Yeah. But the end of the one after that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I believe that. I mean, that'll put him at 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, he's earned the right to do whatever he wants to do. So he'll decide and we'll figure out where to go from there. My question for you, James, is do you feel that City is as prepared as they usually are to defend their title, given that I think the improvement in the other squads is going to be more than it has in the past? I think that's I think the Premier League is going to be so competitive this year. And I think City's still at a level above everybody else, but there's gonna be a big yeah. chasing pack this year of rabid dogs. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome season, I think. Uh, you know, we we did just close on the defender, um, mm-hmm. Guardiol, uh, and we got Kovacic from Chelsea. Obviously, he doesn't replace Gundogan, um, and Mares also has popped up with a crazy amount of goals. So we let, we we lost two major players, and I would say we've not directly replaced either one of them. So. You know, but in terms of preparedness, I think that everyone the the benefit that we have, and I think the one of the major advantages that we've had is that there's never been any doubt that we are always moving to fulfill Pep's plans, right? So if Pep's planning something, then you know he we're gonna support him in doing it. So I would have to imagine the the players we got are part of his plan for the next season. So I mean, like yeah. it's separating preparedness from, I mean. Yes, player turnover is something that has to be handled very carefully. I, I've heard a rumor that we're going to still go for uh, like our second choice target. That was um, Rice was the the main target. We're still going to go mm-hmm. for someone in like a midfield kind of role, but probably will be a prospect player and not a superstar. So, I mean, I think we'll definitely change the way we play this season. I think we've probably changed the way we play in a strategic sense you know, most seasons. Um, it's part of the turnover. It's part of the, it's part of keeping things fresh. And I think it's, you know, I think Pep's tactics to me have always seemed like once you, once they get kind of figured out mm-hmm. that you can't like power through it. You have, you have to adapt and change something major. And he's done that every time, but yeah, but I think that's what and we'll I- see this season. I think also that you have leeway in terms of how much turnover you actually do because of who Erling Holland is, because when the chips are down, you can now just launch a ball into the box and have the best striker in the world on the end of it. I think that gives you a lot more tactical leeway to develop guys underneath. Like I, I think that you guys, you'll have somebody young come in, um, Pep will bring a young dynamic player in, in the, in the mold of like a Bernardo Silva kind of thing. Um, and that will be the, the next replacement. I think you guys will do something before the window closed because right now you've sent out Maraz for 30 and then you made a decent chunk of change on, um, 
on some of your youngsters to the tune of like, I don't know, like 60 or 70 yeah. million. Yeah. Um, made about 60 or 70 out of youth sales, which is pretty I crazy. don't think you're going to have, yeah, you're not even going to have to cheat financial fair play anymore. I think you guys are doing such a yeah, good job yeah, selling your players that there won't even be They're actually questions. not. Well, that was the whole, that was yeah, the whole do, point. We had to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> it was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But now you don't, you won't have to. So it took you guys like 12 years or so of cheating but now you guys have a really nice um i know it's system look, going hey i get i know it's guilty stuff, until proven so. innocent with city and you're all you're a huge proponent of that uh, mm-hmm. but we've been found mm-hmm. innocent on these same charges before and we'll be found innocent okay. again i got you oj <laughs> um do you want to talk about spike brits coming in or is that not you we don't have to go there Huh? You know who Spike Britz is? It says Manchester City transferred in a guy or a kid named Spike Britz. Oh, is that the AFC Leicester City Wimbledon. groundsmen that were poaching? No, it says <laughs> AFC Wimbledon. And it sounds like somebody that if you were to lift a heavy, heavy boulder that hasn't been moved in a long time and roll it over, you'd see a family of, you know. English people, and one of them would be named Spike Brits. You'd, you'd, uh, you you'd wanna, meet you the Brits family. All, you'd meet the Brits family. <laughs> so City sets out trying to fight the um, complacency that can come with the treble winning season. Pep's as good as anyone has ever been at doing that. That's why he wins multiple leagues in a row. Um, the hard part about that is going to be fending off the competition. And within that competition... James, I don't know if you knew this, but Arsenal is your competition, um, or claim to be. TBD, I think. One season wonders don't competition make. Not okay, according, yeah. not according I mean, to Vegas, that... but go on. What does Vegas say? Pool. Over. Pool Arsenal. for second. Huh. Wait, City Pool Arsenal City top pool, three. Arsenal Man U. Same. That's what I saw. Wow. Actually, so, that was a month ago, so things may have changed. So, so guys, if you are Arsenal, who were leading through week game week 30, I believe, were in first place for almost the entire season, and then with the most inevitable collapse of all time, drop out of first place and end up finishing 10 points out, James? Is it really 10, 10 points? 11, somewhere it, was, it was 8. I thought eight. Okay. Or it could yeah, it could have even been less. And then it like it came to be like if they had, you know, not just capitulated in the city game, they could have had a chance. Well, but could they actually no, you know, you know, it ended up actually only being five. But city didn't play their starters um, the last three matches, I think. Um, yeah. And city ended up losing and drawing a match they shouldn't. Anyway, so it ended up being five, but a masterful collapse and Arsenal went out and spent a truckload again on players um, that basically Arteta said, these guys are the ones to take us over the edge. They bought Kai Havertz from Chelsea for $65 million, which is a little bit of like a eyebrow razor. Don't understand that because, at all. Yeah, Kai Havertz, uh, I would have thought they would get a more exact forward, a striker, a goal scorer in a different mold than... Gabriel Jesus and Kai Havertz is not really a good false nine is a very, very poor finisher. Um, but I believe in preseason, I, the games I've watched, he's been playing as a six James um, where he looks like he's getting pushed around. 
Yeah, it's I like mean, that, he's not a. It's not like he's a big body either. He's a wafy. Yeah. Bucktooth kid. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bucktooth is all get out. Sure. Um, so you bring in Havertz, and then your your midfield is, I guess, Partey and Odegaard, and Havertz replaces. Um, no, Rice is in for Partey. Ken's boy. Well, also that was my next point. Then so Jaka leaves for twenty one. They got twenty one for Jaka. Anyway, um, then they signed Declan Rice for 105 million pounds, the most expensive transfer in Premier League history. And now you're like, okay, they just rebuilt this midfield. James, what does Declan Rice bring to Arsenal? Does he bring that backbone that they didn't have down the stretch? Can he cover Kevin De Bruyne when they're running him through the midfield? because your tactics had you covering Holland. Does, is he that guy? I mean, I think he is a very, very good player. I think he's a mm-hmm. complete midfielder, I think, in a way that there haven't been a lot of recently. I mean, I think he's a really talented player. I mean, he's going to make any team he's on better. City, United, everyone would have wanted him. Um, yeah. But... It's, I mean, and he's definitely taking a step up in terms of, you know, having to play with the the, the team that he's playing with, right? I think that party is still going to be party. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still going to be issues there. You, you know, as good as Rice is going to be, he's not going to be able to cover up like all the sins of the ever of the uh, Arsenal backline. Um, but he's going to definitely add a lot on both sides of the ball. So it, it's a big addition for Arsenal. Um, it's going to help them out. Uh, they're still Arsenal, though. It's you know, yes, it's in their DNA, which is a great point. Now you mentioned the back line, Pete. We talked a lot of last at the end of last season about their back line when they lost Saliba, who, by the way, they re-signed on a on a uh, extension. Um, they bring in Jurian Timber, who is a five foot nine center back slash right back, left back slash DM. Um, I guess to add some depth to that role, United were looking at him. The The price was pretty reasonable at $38 million. But is he going to be able to cover for Saliba, who does seem to have an injury record, um, Pete, for a team, for a guy that's 23 or 22? Is, is he the missing piece to put a, a, a spine in an Arsenal team, a spine that hasn't been there in 20 years? The simple answer is no, Thomas. Um, okay, good. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, with Arsenal, their starting 11 can actually almost go toe-to-toe with City's starting 11. The The problem is uh-huh. that there are so many games played over the course of the season that, you know, you can have your starting 11 in, and Arteta played them into the ground until January, February, even after the World Cup. And then part of the reason for their decline was they had all these guys who, I mean, he barely altered their starting lineup for the first half of the year. And, you know, you don't want to mess with success, but at the same time, if you don't rotate players like City does and they have the bench to do that, once it comes to the end of the season, you're going to run out of gas. And um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that Arsenal didn't necessarily need to 
make their starting 11 better, which they did with Rice. If you take Rice and you plug him in for Partey, that's a big step up. And I think Rice can cover up your back line some. But if I'm an Arsenal fan, um, I am very concerned that if Saliba or Gabriel goes down, you're still staring at Rob Holding. Rob Holding is still the guy who's coming in for you. And by the way, you're playing Champions League this year, which you weren't last year. So it's, you know, I, I think that they probably needed to add more depth than necessarily pay a hundred million for rice, but you know I think they'll they'll definitely be competitive. It's a very good team, um, but they I would be concerned if they they have a bunch of injury prone guys on their team. Jesus, Saliba, yes. like those guys have gotten injured every single year. Uh, Jesus Party. is already out. Yeah, he's already out. He's out. Um, um, and I don't think Gabriel is good enough at the back long term for them. He was very, very exposed at the end of the year, especially one-on-one, which was surprising for a guy. He's pretty quick. He's like 6'4 or 6'5, um, and he's pretty quick, but he just got exposed so bad when he had to be the, the point of emphasis for the defense. He struggled, um, which was surprising. I think he was in everybody's team of the year up until Saliba went down, and people were like, whoa. like he, he They're allowing two goals a game right now. Even with him in there, even if Rob Holding was a net negative, obviously, having a guy who looks lost, like it was very surprising. And like you guys said, they haven't really replaced that. You still have Rob Holding. So, uh, you know, we're going to do our predictions at the end. But I think that last year, Arsenal, especially in the first half of the year, they kind of had the bounces going for them. You know what I mean? Like they had a lot of nice momentum early. And I think they had a lot of momentum. And like Pete just said, I think he ran his team into the ground. And we said at the beginning of last year, the beginning of this year, um, is a little, right now, is a little less so than it was before. But Manchester City has so much more quality depth than Arsenal. Um, and for me, the mentality, James, it's a joke, but it's not. Like it's I not think a there joke. is a mentality issue at Arsenal. Um, and I don't know if they've solved it. Um, but we'll get into our well. I don't know later. They, I don't know if did they talk about that in uh, Arteta's GQ uh, photo spread. <laughs> I know you've got that pinned up on your wall. It's not out yet. I think that's a digital copy. I don't think the hard copy's out yet. Um, right. Well, Arteta's. you know, I listen See, to you. It's really interesting because in the like the pictures of him, he has the same weird like you said like vacant serial killer look. It's really awesome. Dahmer esque. Um, Do they have a. Know that is it in front of all the trophies they won last year? Yes. Ooh. It yeah, is. Yeah, every, every picture. There's no is. trophy. <laughs> yeah, every picture is. Yeah, the. Uh, what do you want to call that, Pete? What kind of year is that? You want to call that the Pachi year? Yeah. You want to call it an Arteta year? You can call it either. Yeah. It's a um, beautiful football. Fun to watch, but. Um, uh-huh. Trophy case is empty. Sure. Uh, one trophy case that was not empty last year was third place Manchester United. Um, they continue their revamp in uh, a summer where Manchester United were responsible and finished the bulk of their transfer work before August 1st. 
And you mean like financially the thing responsible in the world? or responsible trying to win mm, games next year? I I would say financially responsible compared to other years, I guess, compared to Woodward. But more, they had three priorities and they dealt with the priorities. Um, whether or not those guys are going to be the right fit is the same question you'd ask about any transfer ever. But Manchester United got all their stuff done. They actually changed their priority. You know, initially it was striker, midfield depth, and then there was a bunch of like, oh, you want another right back or left back, another backup striker or something. But uh, coming down the stretch last year, I don't know if you guys remember this, but David De Gea was miserable. Um, I do remember and pretty clearly. He, he, of course, was the highest paid player in the Prem going into the season at 375k a week. Um yeah, and had been for the last four years, had been bad for a year, actually came back two years ago, was decent last year, a ton of errors, and especially coming down the stretch. Well, he and his agent balked at United's pay cut that was offered, which I believe was 200k a week, and then there was up to 40k a week in add-ons for success. Um, he balked at it, and coming down the stretch... April and May, he made some giant errors. Uh, one in the West Ham game, three in the Sevilla game, uh, Europa League quarterfinal game, semifinal game. Um, that was just, they were inexcusable. And in the end, um, Ten Hag changed that to be a priority. So Manchester United brought in a ball-playing goalkeeper in Andre, Andre Anana who, of course, played against your team, James, in the Champions League final and looked very, very good. Um, he's a good player. Probably the best player. I think player he's in the a big upgrade for you guys right now. Yes, uh, Champions League finalist and actually is a Barcelona Academy graduate who then went to Ajax. He and played is, under Ten Hag at Ajax. Mm-hmm, he did. He is superb with his feet. He is very, very aggressive. He comes way out of his box. Um, he got chipped today in the uh, friendly game against uh, Rain, um, which I'm expecting to see once or twice, hopefully not in big games. But the rest of his play was superb in the game. You know, you can't be giving up goals, obviously. But, James, you have a goalkeeper who is in a very similar mold. Um, maybe not even as good at uh, shot-stopping as Onana has been. But, of course, um, Ederson's actually two-footed and is the um, standard for ball-playing goalies. Um, I guess he's the, now he's the at the extreme older. end of the spectrum. Yes. I think Onana yes. – and that's what I was saying. He, Onana's a great player. And uh, he – like, you guys don't realize the potential that you're going to unlock being able to play out of the back through your mm-hmm. goalkeeper now. It's – Something that yeah. United has never had. Yes. Um, um, yeah. And just, Ten just Hag is a quick. big proponent of it as well. So I think it's going to help you guys play more fluidly the way he wants to. I think it's going to help your overall game a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Just to your point real quick about changing styles because of a better keeper. Um, David De Gea was like the 10th best shot stopper last year, which is low considering that's supposed to be his you know thing that he does. That's that's a combination of different advanced metrics, um, XG, um, and stuff like that. But then he was 20th in the Premier League in distribution. That's impact. probably worse than that. If we're being honest with ourselves. He ourself. might have been. Mm-hmm. 
And and he was also like seventeenth in um mistakes leading to goals. Just passing out of the back, which doesn't count, you know, him not catching that West Ham shot, for instance. This is just from his feet, mistakes from his feet. And of course last year United just played the long ball forward after the second game of the season when he couldn't do it. United got destroyed in the first two games because he passed the ball to the other team. Um, so now you have to think, James, that that should mean that United will progress. So they've improved greatly in the goalkeeper. Um, and then today they announced the signing of Rasmus Hoyland, who is a 20-year-old striker for Atalanta, or was, and now plays the front line for United. And yes, um, the hype is pretty high. It's not crazy, but it's pretty high. It, it, you know, it's a 72 million pound deal. And the guy had nine goals last year in Syria in 30 matches. Um, so there's, there has to be some kind of a, uh, some kind of a leash there, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to put on his shoulders. The flip side of that guys is that our strikers last year were Anthony Martial, who was hurt from, like, January on, and Wout Wegerst. So Yeah, it's a big improvement for you there, too. Um, yeah, so and you don't have to try and put Rashford you know, up there either, which is going to help you. You will see Rashford for the first few weeks because Hoyland is already uh, – he's injured. He had a preseason injury, so he won't be in for the first two weeks anyway. But just – I mean, how could – Pete, how can that not be an improvement? You, rem- you always remark on who came in – um, in the FA Cup final when they were down by goal, and it was like him and Fred, <laughs> you know, Wout Weghurst and Fred coming in to try. I mean, Wout Weghurst is not is not a Premier League quality player. I mean, he's um, so. he was so bad for you guys last year. It is amazing that you came in third place with like a striker who scored zero goals, none, zero, zero Premier League goals. Yeah. I mean, I. You definitely improve things, but the the thing that I would be disappointed about if I was a Man United fan, I mean, he will make you guys better. I mean, I will upgrade the nine position, but like historically, yeah. you guys have just like the top five times teams in the world. You went out, you grabbed the best striker in the world, or you grabbed the best yeah. upcoming striker in the world. When I'm looking at like yeah. the best strikers out there. Um, you know, and the guys that you could get to improve your starting 11, he's like number 10 on that list. Like there's probably nine guys I'd rather have before him. The, the part of the problem was the circumstances like aligned for you guys to get kind of hosed. Like if Kane was not playing for Tottenham and like he was in a different league, you guys, he would probably be on your team. Like he would be the guy that you go get. And then all of a sudden you're, in the conversation for the title race. But bringing this guy who is a... He's still a big wild card. Like, he's injured to start the season. He had nine goals in Serie A, which is not a good league. Um, He has a lot of potential. There's no question about that. But the amount of pressure you have on your shoulders as the Man United striker is immense. And for an unproven guy to come in and lead the line is very challenging. So not only is he going to have to be good enough to play in the Prem, but he's going to have to shut out all the media crap that comes with being 
United's biggest addition in the offseason. So, I mean, he's a big question mark. I don't, I don't, I think Anana is a, an improvement. He's going to make you better. No questions asked. Playing out of the back is going to be big. But um, I think you will go as far as your striker takes you. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think the 72 million is really high. I think if he goes from Atlanta to Juve, I think he goes for 35. More than that. If, if he goes, I mean, he's a, he's a good player and he's young. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't I think they've fleeced you that much. I agree with Tom. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that went into the, into this. It was one well, it yeah. was EPL tax. It was Man United tax, and then it was also there is a massive lack of yeah. good strikers hitting the market right now. I mean, the ones that the ones that you would want are already kind of they're either not workable, like Mbappe, you know, or they are taking Saudi money, like Benzema, yeah. or you know, Kane is only going to go to Bayern if he goes anywhere. There's not really like a big name striker that's on the move. No. Yeah, and, and also I think that the game has evolved. I blame Pep for this a little bit, but false nines are in vogue. It's like, okay, we'll get the goals out of our wingers who are coming into attack. Um, so you, as a result, you don't have a lot of these guys anymore that are, you know, Rude Van Nesteroy strikers. You, you these Not only do you need to be big now, strong, good in the box, but you also have to be able to pass. Um, so it's, you've created another skill set that's required to play as a number nine and, and it, it narrows the field down on top of those other factors that we've already talked about. Um, another thing I was going to say is I think he would go between Italian teams for 35. If he went to PSG, I think he would have been like 55. So I wasn't quite finished, James, you know, like that we got hosed. Pete, you were saying it, you don't think it was that bad, but it would have gone for 55 to a, another big club, and then the rest is prem tax and stuff like that. So, But United get a striker who has a really nice um, profile, fits in with what Ten Hag wants to do. His um, control, his passing, his take-ons are all excellent um, compared to his peers. Uh, he's six six foot four. Um, he's 20 years old. So there's a lot of good things to like. Like Pete said, you just have to give him a chance. Um, I have a quick trivia question for you guys. Who, name another striker transferred for over 70 million pounds, which is what Hoyland was, who also scored nine league goals last year. Over 70 million pound striker who scored nine league goals last year. You guys have three James seconds. I, yeah, it was me. <laughs> No, James, James James is a much better scoring rate than that. <laughs> Exemplary yellow card rate as well. Who, who is it? Uh, Darwin Nunez. Darwin. I thought you said this year. No, I said last year. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. last year. Yeah. Um, so nine. Is that all we had? Nine league goals? Nine, nine league goals. Jesus. Yeah, nine league goals. So United add a striker. And they also add Mason Mount from Chelsea, who is in the last year of his contract for $60 million. Um, I am very happy about this because I believe that you have Bruno Fernandes, who played every second and every minute of every game last year and has in preseason, too. He's playing way too many minutes. 
And Mason Mount is not as good as Bruno Fernandez, but his profile, while also being a player that can run box-to-box, um, he likes to spray balls in like Fernandez does. And I think that now we have a guy who you can play in Carabao Cup games, FA Cup games, um, if you can get a decent lead in the Champions League knockout, which we're not at a stage where we can say yet because we're not that team. We've not been in the Champions League for a while. I could see, uh, I could see well him forcing his so. way into the um, starting I, line. I thought he was going to just be a starter. I thought it was going to be well, Bruno, Mount, and Casemiro. Erickson out of there. I agree. I think that he'll play, if he was totally healthy, I think he'd play like 30 matches. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he'll start I think his, a lot of I think the time, but, but Erickson brings a lot. I think Mount's a really good player. I think Chelsea stunted his growth, well, but... um. I think Erickson's really good, but he's also, what, 33, 32? With a bum ticker. Well, his ticker well, is fixed. It's not just that, Pete. Like, we want to be able to rotate these guys. I know, but like, I'm saying, have, like, when you, uh, you pencil in the time. 11, like, I could see by mid-season that Erickson's lower on the depth chart than yeah. now. I, I might be wrong. I, I thought he was just going to be a starter day one. Oh, he, he could be. What I'm saying is you need – I mean, Erickson's going to play – you also have guys coming in. Uh, Sancho, they're playing him centrally right now. Garnacho is playing well out wide. Where is Sancho um, You just have more options. Where what? is Sancho playing? Left bench. Uh, Sancho's been playing um, as a 10 in the center in preseason. Is that just because he was like a $100 million Ten Hag said that as well. Is it he... because... It's because of his skill set. Um... Ten Hag said recently in an interview that he likes how well he plays in tight spaces, mm. um, and he does better in the middle, getting more touches on the ball. We'll see. I mean, I hope you guys Sancho play Sancho right now. Has a ten against us. That'd be nice. Yeah, that, <laughs> I would think that he'd be more likely to play again. Like we didn't have any depth last year at all. We're building a team to be to have depth. Like my goal for this team is to be viable again. And I believe that these three signings this year, four if you count Johnny Evans, James. <laughs> I was going to bring him up. He, you signed him to an actual would. contract. I wish you would, but you didn't. So I had to. Um, we didn't sign him to an actual contract yeah. yet. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. He's on your team. Okay. That could mean that um, that no, slap you, had I like uh, well, you, your mansplaining well, you, away. Evans being on what? your team. Yeah. I don't why he's not gonna play. Oh he's yeah, yeah, he's not gonna no, no, he won't. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh we won't give him a contract. And and he's not, he's just out there he's not even gonna play in preseason. Just keep walking. Uh, okay, what? okay, okay. But may, uh, uh, even if he away. does play. <laughs> they haven't signed him, you turds. Yes they did. He's on a short term summer contract to, to cover him as liability. You guys are the It's worst. on the team sheet. They haven't made the decision yet. Um, I think it. I think it honestly depends on old Slabby, James. Um, real quick, do you guys think that Slabby gets transferred out, Pete? Uh, no. Harry Maguire. Nope. I think he's making too much money. Okay, he is making two hundred k. He's making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, James? for the teams that would want him. This is like your classic okay. Man United guy who ends up not being in the starting lineup or not good enough to play, and they can't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And I think How? he, out of a misguided sense of like, I think he still has a sense that he can like win his spot back. Yeah, 
Well, that and um, it's like, oh, I'm making this much I money. My wife's happy money. here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't realize that he's in the tank. He's done. The only thing that I would say could move him is like he could get back into the England squad regularly. Like definitely play in the Euro. Well, I mean, I I don't think he's going to stay in there if he's not playing this year. Like he'll he'll fade. Yeah. For the Euro. That's true. That may be the only thing that pushes him. Yeah, and and um, West Ham did make an offer of twenty million. Um, I told you this before. I think he's worth thirty-five to a team like West Ham, Aston Villa, or one of I'd them. I take him for thirty because of the dearth of yeah, We're bad. the dearth of of center backs. Yeah, but the only problem is I like, actually think he'd be fine for Tottenham. I really do. Well, I for don't what know. you guys have, he's pretty error prone. Yes. Uh, well, you what are you? What else are you looking at? Like, well, they just brought they just bought a central defender for fifty million. You're talking? Yeah, but yeah. we need two. Right. Yeah, they need, they but, need more. I mean, you you can't I think he'd be fine, Tottenham. Uh, no, I don't think he would. I don't think he's going to be fine anywhere. I don't think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be fine oh, anywhere well, in the prem. Well, whatever. So, um, I think that he will not move for the reasons that Pete said that he's just making too much money. Um, but West Ham has all this money and they haven't spent any yet, so they've got to. They do might something. come back around. Jeez. They have to do something. Their fans are freaking out. But let's move on to the next team. Um, we're just going in order from the Premier League table last year. Newcastle United. They have made some moves. One of them is kind of hilarious, James. Um, Sandro Tonali from AC Milan, who is a very good player. I've actually never seen him take over a game. Um, even I watched the, uh, whatever you call the derby match between Inter and AC Milan. Um you know, the, I guess it was that was a Champions League semis, right, James? Yeah. That was the Champions League semis, and I, yep. I I didn't pick him out of the game at all. Um, I've seen him play five or six times for Italy and AC Milan, and he never really dazzled me. But he is a viable center midfielder, and the expression on his his face, James, in all these movies and pictures. It's just like you can tell he does not want to be there. He's like, got resting Italian bitch face. Well, I think that you know he's an AC Milan, um, like like he grew up there. He's just Italian. Like the, those guys, really. If you really look at the last twenty years, the big Italian names haven't moved very often. Oh, and they, they like do not like Italy. England. Well, there's yeah. England, now, and then there's there's Newcastle. Yeah. Right, that's a good, really yeah. good point. Yeah, who's going to get excited about moving to Newcastle from the Mediterranean? Yes, yes, and his face in all these videos, and Newcastle just keeps putting him on display, and he looks miserable all the time. But still, but still, Newcastle makes a move. Um, he's a Champions League caliber player, and you know it's not a lowbrow move. It was fifty-five million. They do that. They. Harvey Barnes for 40, James, is a little surprising. Um, That's, I mean, uh, some Lester. of the, the rates that these relegated teams players are going for, Southampton's doing mm-hmm. it too. I think it's wild. Yeah. I, will, I think it's wild. But I do think, I think that uh, Newcastle, their, their midfield MO, like their midfield is just mm-hmm. full of um, like kind of all-round guys. And I think Tonali fits in there. Yeah. I mean, Bruno is there and he, he tries He's to do good. everything. Um, you know, you have uh, what's his face, the converted striker, um, Joelington. Jo- yeah, Joelington. 
again, mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. tough, strong, fast. I mean, plays both sides of the ball. I think Tonali's going to slip right. And I think you're just going to have three midfielders. I think they're going to play a three-man midfield, and those mm-hmm. guys are just going to be interchanging, making full field runs. And I think Eddie Howe's going <laughs> to love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the that's, that's that fair. I, I'm, I, I'm interested to see where you guys end up putting um, Newcastle in your top eight predictions because they are playing in the Champions League. And they have expectations now. Additionally, James, there's been a rule change. Actually, Pete, you like this more. Pete, there's been a rule change that may affect Newcastle United. Where uh, they're going to do much more. The referees have decided after a successful, um, I guess, rule change for the World Cup where they had these super long injury times. It, for teams wasting time um, on celebrations and when the ball's out of play. So, Pete, that means the team that was had the ball in play for the least amount for at least three quarters of the season before people started like getting on them and then they actually started playing worse, uh, Newcastle will not be able to just hide. I have always been a fan of American football style stop the clock when the ball's mm-hmm. out of play. I mean, I know that yeah. they can't do that because of you know, it's got to be 90 minutes, sponsors, whatever. But it's it, when you're watching the game, even as a neutral fan, and you're watching like a Champions League game or you're watching an important Premier League game, and like the last 15 minutes is one team rolling around and, you know, the ball is in for 20 seconds, like, like nobody wants that. And everybody knows what, what they're doing. And it's not like I'm, you know, I don't uh, look down on one team for doing that. I think it's smart, but it's it's obnoxious. And it takes yeah. away from the game significantly when you're watching it. Like, you want the last 15 minutes of a tight game where one team's up a goal to be thrilling. And that's rarely the case when you're... Like, if you have Newcastle involved, forget about it. Forget about it, man. I mean, yeah. it's just a joke. And... Along that vein, I think that, um, you know, Newcastle found lightning in a bottle last season. Um, and I think that they, I mean, they have a good squad, no question about it. But they're going from... Not deep, though. What was that? Deep squad? Not a deep squad. Yeah, yeah. But the the problem is that they're going from that to playing Champions League. And mm-hmm. now no one's going to be surprised. That's a big deal. And I, I don't know if they've really added enough to maintain that level. I mean, it's <laughs> they're going to be in for a big challenge this year. And I don't – I know that Eddie Howe's done a great job, but I am still not an Eddie Howe believer. I'm sorry. Like, if he does it two years in a row, fine. I'll eat my words. If he comes in top four again, I'll, I'll say that he's an excellent coach, but – I just don't see anything in that guy's history that's telling me that he's the one to keep advancing this team. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that Newcastle's success last year, they were a very good team. Everything um, went their way, like and said, they won so many one-goal games. It was ridiculous. No European competitions, um, no deep cup runs beyond... Uh, I mean, the Carabao Cup, they did make it to the final. Um, but... You're talking about a completely different game in the Champions League, bringing that in. 
in addition to the fact that Chelsea will be better and Liverpool will be better and Tottenham will probably be better. Um, hard to be worse. Yes. All three of those teams, the exception of Liverpool, hard to be worse. Um, it's really just Tottenham and Chelsea. Uh, you know, so they have all that going too. And like you guys said, it's not going to be a surprise. Teams are going to go in revved up for those games. So we'll see what happens with Newcastle. One of those teams we were discussing, Liverpool, who finished in fifth last year, James, they made some moves so far. They bring in McAllister uh, from Brighton. They activate his release clause, uh, all-around midfielder. Not Scottish, but his name is McAllister. Very weird. Um, and then they bring in Dominic Slozboslai of Leipzig, um, creative midfielder. <laughs> I like the it? pronunciation. It was good. How'd I do? I, I, what do you got? I don't know. It was fine. No, I want to hear what you got. You're going to call me out. Let's hear it. Slozboslai? There's no Z sound yeah, in there. You. That's not it. Okay. No Z sound. That's fine. <laughs> so Liverpool James lose Jordan Henderson to a sort of darkly funny transfer um, to Saudi Arabia uh, because for a number of reasons, one being he's 32, looked completely cooked last year, is not any kind of like headline player at all. And apparently they paid like $30 million for him. Um, what James, like, I don't understand that transfer at all. It sounds like somebody that, that was like the shadiest deal. Made. <laughs> no, it's crazy. And they're going to, yeah. 750,000 a week, 30 million for Jordan yeah. Henderson makes zero sense to anybody. Yeah. Um, and really crazy. Really. I, I, it's insane. 30 million. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't get it. And then on top of that, you have, he was like a big proponent um, of the LGBTQ plus community. He was very outspoken about how he would never want to play in a league that didn't welcome in fans um, like that. And, the you know, of course, Saudi Arabia and a lot of those oil countries, Qatar, um, are have very, very strict and violent, in some cases, anti-gay laws. So those fans are not allowed to come to the games or be open or anything like that. And Henderson's supposed to be this like top of the line guy. And then he ends up going to a place like Saudi Arabia. The money makes no sense. None of it makes sense. It's the weirdest transferred United. Like the MLS doesn't want him. Nobody wanted him. And now he's making like a million pounds a week. <laughs> it just makes no sense. But uh, Liverpool revamped their midfield. They also lose Firmino, Nabi Keita, James Milner. James, you didn't know that Oxley Chamberlain was still on the roster, I did but know he that. is, was, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. Fabio Fabio Cavallo, like they Out on loan. actually yeah. let a lot of guys off the team and replaced two of them. James, what are your completely unbiased thoughts on <laughs> Liverpool in this coming up season? Uh, did, did and sorry, did you mention Fabinho looks like he probably is going to go too. It's not listed yet, but I believe I would think they said right. it's like, and that's going to be forty million. Forty to a Saudi yeah. club, yeah. Oh my, dude, I, I don't know what's going on. Just get, come get slabby for seventy. Give so, look great a turban. <laughs> they, you don't have a turban big enough. <laughs> um, my completely unbiased opinion about Liverpool. Uh, they needed to completely redo their midfield, and that's what they mm. did. 
I don't know. I still don't know that they have uh, depth in midfield. Right. But they've increased the quality of their midfield a lot. So that's good. Gakpo, who looked good in patches last season, got a got Mm -hmm. a season under his belt. I think he'll have a much better season this year. Nunez, I think, is always just going to be Nunez. Um, He is he's a donkey and he's going to score some goals. And he's going to look like a donkey in other games. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think they still have issues in defense. Uh, VVD, he, he's got a lot to prove this season, I think, after a pretty bad season last year by his yeah. standards. But also, I, I think in general, I think he lost a lot of that kind of mystique that he had around him, that aura of like mm-hmm. invincibility. I think that's gone. Matip is a disaster. Gomez is still on the team and still being a disaster. And Kanate has all the tools, but doesn't put it together on a consistent basis, in my opinion. So Liverpool are going to be... They get, they had an unimaginably bad beginning the last season. They picked yes. it up in the back half. I think they continue that. I think that they are back up there again. Um Second is what you said a month ago. Vegas was saying they were going to be Pete. I mean, I think that that's no, third. They're third. They're third now. I just brought it up. Um, yeah, they're plus eight hundred to Arsenal's plus five hundred. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that I think that Arsenal is actually going to fall off here. I don't think that mm-hmm. Arsenal are going to be able to compete. I think Liverpool gets back in. I think, I think Arsenal are going to be mostly in a battle with Newcastle for fourth place, and United and Liverpool are going to finish okay. behind City. Okay, uh, Pete. What are your thoughts on Liverpool revamping their midfield? Also, James, one thing you didn't you didn't add was that Trent Alexander Arnold has been brought in uh, very far inside. Um, Pete, you think Liverpool has what it takes to put together a title run again, um, make a decent Champions League run, anything like that? Oh, excuse me, sorry, Europa League run. <laughs> I don't think they'll uh, they'll have enough to make a title league run, and Europa Thursday nights is taxing and not useful for your team so that will actually pull them down a little bit I I mean they needed to revamp their midfield and whatever they've brought in and I think all those guys except for I think McAllister McAllister will hit the ground running I mean he's been good in the prem no reason to think he won't he's a very tidy little player yeah and some of the other guys are you know there are question marks around them but their midfield was so bad last year that their midfield will be better for sure. Um, I would still be concerned yeah. about their back line more than anything else. I don't think that their back line is good enough or deep enough to do any serious damage to maintain a serious title run. Like I think Van Dyke is, I think he's done. I mean, not done like bad yeah. defender. I just think that he's what, 32. Um, there's no question that that knee injury brought him down a peg and Mm. he his skill set was one where it was like he just had this like you said he had this aura every touch was perfect all these other things and once he became exposed it was like oh well what is what does he really do that's special and I think that that is, has been true for Liverpool last year and is also true for Holland's national team. Um, and I just don't see him ever getting back to where you're saying, oh, this guy's a top five 
Premier League central defender. And if they continue to play, like, Klopp has never gone away from a high line, ever. Like, I've never seen them play when they don't have a high line. And when you don't have the guys in the back to play that, it it looks, I mean, (laughs) some of their games last year against inferior opponents were comical. Because they would just play a high yeah. line, and then Alex, Trent Alexander Arnold would be trying to track back against the guy, and he would cut inside and blow by everybody, and then just give up. It, it was it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for them. So yeah, I I don't think they have a complete enough team to make a serious title run, but I also think that Mo Salah will bounce back and score twenty five goals this year, get some midfield service. Um, so mm-hmm. I could see him, I, I could see them making some noise, but not a title push. Okay. Um, worth noting that Lavia is supposed to come in for them. Um, it looks like that's coming down the stretch. Southampton defensive midfielder who's young, um, very energetic. City Academy James, product. Was that a City Academy product or a player that was 16 in somebody else's academy that you guys bought and then sold later? Same difference. (laughs) Not even close. Uh, James, do you think Liverpool or Manchester United are better this year? Or, I should say, more of a threat? Uh, I mean, Liverpool has to prove that they're Mm back-back. Liverpool has to prove that they're back-back. Um. United was, you know, there in patches last season. I think that they've made – it's it's a good question because they've both made the cha- a lot of the changes that they needed to make. Um, I think United bigger threats than Liverpool. Okay. I think it's very close. I hate to put my team ahead because it, it sets me up in the long run to have to listen to you, you know, talk about it later. Uh, But yeah, I think Manchester United is a more sound team than Liverpool in terms of how they're playing. And I think that exactly what Pete said, the defensive liabilities that they had, I mean, really Liverpool got saved that, I mean, Allison was the best keeper in the league last year. He was unbelievable shot saving um, that saved them so many different games and Thursday nights are a problem, guys. Like, you don't want them to be, but they are. Did you see so the post about problem. one of the fields that Liverpool is going to have to play on? Uh, there's literally a locomotive train that goes yes. in between the stands and the field. <laughs> yes, I did see that. The joys that of Europa. is amazing. Yes. Yeah, Europa's the worst, man. Uh, you need the money. Everybody needs the money, but Europa's the worst. Pete... Um, Actually, we'll Europa Conference League is the worst. To Tottenham, who do not have to play in Europe. Yes, yes, I, I kind of consider them both in the same in the same vein uh, of baddiness. But yeah, so let's go uh, to the next team down. Um, we won't stay on Brighton for long, guys. Brighton obviously were phenomenal last year. Um, they they seem to have a secret formula, Pete, for developing players, buying them. At a, at a low price, um, having them play well, surprise everybody, play really nice football, attacking football, tidy football, and then they sell these guys for um, an extreme premium. 
But they're starting to get to a point, if Caicedo goes, which I'm not sure if he will or not, um, the numbers are talking about are eye-watering from Arsenal, um, from Chelsea. I don't think he's going. I think they're holding on to him for another season. It's crazy. I think that's crazy for a team like that to do that. Um, You know, I know you're going to Europa League, but you can replace Caicedo for 40 or 40 million if you're Brighton. Um, that money, that eighty million, is they so much. You're still so building much. an infrastructure. They mm-hmm. rely on that money so much. Yeah, I know they've made a lot of money, and they're already they already have guys that they're developing that'll sell again. I think Ferguson, um, they'll end up selling Ferguson at some point for a lot of money. But yeah, I mean, guys, what do you think about Brighton? I I don't really have a lot to say beyond the fact that I think Europa will take its toll. And they were superb last year. James, what do you think about Brighton? Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, we've seen it happen. Like it happened with West Ham, right? I mean, like Europa or European competition. It it's just a whole other layer of wear and tear, uh, you know. And where it counts is the back end of the season. McAllister, a huge loss for them, talent wise. Yeah. Um, you know, they've brought a few players in that that potentially address you know that you're not going to replace McAllister one for one so Deserby is a great coach I think mm-hmm. that they're going to they're going to struggle they're going to struggle with injuries they're going to struggle with fitness um and they're going to stay I mean they're not, I don't think they're going to do a repeat they're going to be they're going to be able to play giant killer sometimes I think that they they will always have that yeah, in them but I I, that role well. I see them you know bottom half Bottom, bottom half. half of the table Oof. this season. Oof. Pete, what do you think? I don't give me a predicted. Uh, I don't spot. think they're going to be in the bottom half, but I think that they will struggle to repeat their finish of sixth place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many teams that have done that for a year in the Premier League, and I I don't like a, a team's ability to sustain selling as many players as they do. Like when you do that it's very hard to like if they don't bring up guys that succeed like they could drop to the bottom half of the premier league like we've seen it many times before and deserby is a good coach and they play really good attacking um possession heavy football but um it's going to be tough for them i mean if they if they come in the top six again it'll be really impressive i think a team like that They have trouble because they don't, you know, they don't bring in any money with gate receipts because they have like a twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand seat stadium, and they just don't bring in that much money or enough money to really compete with compete with the the big boys, and eventually that will take its toll. Um, but they're fun yeah. to watch. I mean, I like I like watching them play. I root for them. They hooked our friend Latimer who. Has watched like five <laughs> soccer games in the last five years, and he's hooked. So he's a seagull for life, <laughs> for life. Yeah, I, I mean, hat tip to Brighton. I think that this that losing these players does take a toll. I still think they should absolutely sell Kaisoto because you can be at the top one minute and drop to the floor the next. Um, Leicester's out of the league. Uh, Southampton's out of the league. Those are teams that uh had to sell a lot and lose a lot of players especially southampton 
and eventually it does catch up. Um, I think Vegas has Brighton as the eighth place team by title Sounds odds. About right. I think that's about right. I think nine, eight, nine, ten. I don't think they'll drop to the bottom half just because I think there's a lot of teams there that are poor. But uh, speaking of a, a very similar team, guys, um, Aston Villa. I like the way they played at the end of the year, and especially, um, obviously, from when Emery came on. I like his style. I'm not sure that he's ever really been able to sustain success um, over a period of years beyond his Spanish days. Uh, I do like their transfers. Pal Torres is excellent. I think a lot of big teams were looking at him from Villarreal. Um, Diaby's good. And Yuri Tillemans is a, is a really responsible signing. Um, on the other hand, James, they are in Europe this year. And it's just, it adds so much stress to your roster. Um, plus, you have a little bit more of a target on your back. Where do you think that Villa ends up this coming season? Now, see, I, I actually like the ads that they've made. I don't think they haven't lost anyone major from their team. Yeah. They've added well, very well. Ashley Young. I mean, Cashley. Okay. Really? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. They <laughs> they've added really well. Um and across across the board, they got a midfielder, Tillemans, they got Paltora center back and they got Diaby an attacker. And I think that Diaby was wanted by a lot of teams. I I think that mm-hmm. and I have them finishing above Brighton this season. One, because I think that they're in a... I, I don't think they go as far in Europe. I don't think they focus on it very hard. I think that they've made better additions than Brighton and not lost anywhere near the talent that Brighton has. Um, mm-hmm. And I like... Again, I agree. I like the way that they were playing. Last season, they finished what? They finished just behind Brighton. Uh, they finished in yeah. seventh. It's close. By one point. They played really well in the second half. Yeah, so... I think I think that their their transfer business for me puts them gives them the edge over Brighton. I think that they they probably I think I could see them repeating seven. Yeah. Okay. I I think that all the big teams are coming back, and I think that's going to make it really hard for Aston Villa. I think Brighton and Villa will duke it out for that eight nine stretch. Um, Pete, anything to add to the Villa talk? No, I, I think that uh, I like that um, they kind of stay where they are. I think that I, one thing you didn't mention is I think Emery's a really good manager. Um, it was a good pickup. I did mention that. Oh, I, I must not have heard it. I usually don't pay attention to you. Um, okay, that's I think fine. he's a he's a great manager. Uh, playing Thursdays in Europe is <laughs> pretty tough. To turn around and play on Sundays. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I think all those things are true. And the big problem for them and Brighton is that teams like Tottenham will be uh, better than they were last year. Tottenham, James, you're taking the role of Ken for this one. Tottenham (laughs) do make some nice pickups. Um, Kuliszewski comes official. Uh, I thought that was really interesting, Pete, that there was a – it was a loan with an obligation – not an obligation to buy. It was a loan with a – basically a fee – of I think it was thirty million, and Daniel did not activate the thirty million, um, and then ended up negotiating it down to twenty five point six. So it's Daniel. 
take take note, Bayern. But Kulishevsky's a good fit for the team. Um, James Madison for 40. Good signing. You guys really haven't had that uh, playmaking natural center midfielder to sit. I think Harry Kane pretty much did both. Yeah, beat. since Erickson left, <laughs> we haven't replaced the creative midfielder. Yeah. Huge problem for us. And then you sign um, Vicario from Empoli. I actually don't really even know his profile. I think he's just a um, good young goalkeeper who can play out of the back. I think he's like um, the next guy behind Onana in terms of good young guys that can play with their feet. I think he's a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. of a wild card. He's not quite a sure thing, but um, very different profile than Lloris and... He was sort of green-lighted um, uh, after our, our new coach came in. He wanted a guy that um, could play with his feet. So I, he's he's definitely a wild card, though. <laughs> no question about that. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is that Loris is still on the team. Well, he'll, he'll leave right? be- he's... before the deadline. I think it's just a matter of where he's going to go. I'd be shocked if he stuck around. Somebody will pick him up. It may be some French club, but... Um, I think it'll be Saudi Arabia. Um, maybe like De Gea apparently has some offers, but I heard that the offers for him, not even Saudi Arabia ones. The other offers are like backup goalie for Bayern, backup goalie for Barcelona. It's like sixty to eighty a week. Oh, I don't think he's and gonna make the same money, have... but he's. I mean, De Gea is a good goalkeeper. He could be very good in any other league. He's just not four hundred thousand dollars a week good. <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, also signed Ashley Phillips, who is an FM hero, James. Yeah. I know you're behind on your FM. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm on is it. an FM I hero, football, football manager hero, uh, player that ends up developing the long run, young English player that probably won't get a lot of uh, the, 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 the plaudits, but is a, is a good young player. You lose Harry Winks, sorry, Pete. <laughs> um, Lucas Mora released. End of an but era. the big signing... Yeah, the big signing for you is Postaglu. How are we pronouncing? Just call him Ange. Just call him Ange. Postacaglu. Nice and easy like that. Uh, what can we expect from Postacaglu? Um, the the paint days? will not be draw drying on the walls this year, Thomas. It's um, mm-hmm. possession football and pressing, and there's going to be a lot of four to three. Hopefully, more victories than losses, but. It's not going to be one to nothing in a Champions League game, and we're just letting the other team have the ball for seventy minutes and embarrass us at our home stadium. So listen, yeah, it's one thing to be able to do it at Celtic in Scotland; it's another to be able to make it work in the Prem. Oh, sure. I mean, he's a unproven coach in in the big leagues, but um, there has been nothing worse than watching our last three coaches. <laughs> and the football that they play. Like, just taking the yes. absolute joy out of watching Who's the worst of soccer. them, do you think, for that? Conte, 100%. Conte worse than Nuno? Worse than Nuno. Well, Nuno was short, um, but Conte was worse than Nuno. Conte had better better players at his disposal, too. So, But it's, it, I mean, it was all excruciating. I mean... How many times did you guys turn on a game last year and watch us play and you're like, this is interesting or Honestly, this is entertaining? I would usually tune in yeah. for 15 minutes and then just be like, yeah, 
I yeah. don't know. I can't. And watch I watched I, I watched almost not every minute of the Prem last year, but I watched ninety <laughs> percent of the Premier League games. And it was Ugh. terrible. God, that reminds me of uh, Louis Van Hall when he was the manager at Manchester United. The football is just sideways passing to the point that you're like you'd win one zero and it wouldn't feel good. Yeah, just I mean like, we we won yay. some game I mean we hung around fourth place forever mm-hmm. like till after the world cup we were in the mix um yeah. and it was you know it was not worth it and i don't think that yeah. um you know our fans have had this you know quote unquote dna where they want to watch attacking football even if they never win a title like that's the number one thing that they want to do and I think they lived with it for a little while when we were getting results. But the second you don't get results and you're watching that. I mean, when we played AC Milan in that Champions League game at home, knockout game. And we're just like, there's no plan. We're bringing in defensive guys when we're down one nothing. Like, like you just watch that game. You're like, this is not a good coach. I don't care what he did in the past. I don't care how many titles he's won. Like, I'm sorry, but you're not a good coach. And yes, there are hundreds of other problems in our um, team, but that is inexcusable. So I am optimistic, Thomas, because there there are low expectations in terms of winning. Like, if they come in sixth place and I can watch them entertaining football, I would be okay with that. I'm in the Uh same spot that you were with Ten Hag last year. Like, you watched your team under Rolf Ragnick, and, like, the games were unwatchable. Like, they were unwatchable. Yes. And then you start out, you're like, okay, well, I just want improvement. I just want to be able to watch a game and not Uh be embarrassed and, like, enjoy it. So, you know. I, I would like to compete for top four, and I think that they've got a core that can do that. Um, if Kane goes, then it's a lot harder to do that. If Kane's still there, then I think they'll certainly do that at least this year. Um, but if you look at their core, they've got Vicario, the new keeper, Romero, who he's been up and down, but I think he's a very good player. He's very good for Atlanta, Atlanta so it wasn't just um, for Argentina. Van de Ven is the guy we're looking to bring in for fifty million. Oh, yeah, Van de Ven. He's a six three, very yeah. speedy central defender who could has to absolutely has to improve what we have back there right now. Udogi's a guy who we signed last year who had a great year in Syria. We loaned him back, um, so you don't hear much about him, but he looks like he's going to be a very good left back. Poro looks like a guy who really struggled to adjust to the Premier League, but good attacking player who needs the right manager. Madison. Yeah, he needs a it needs an appropriate yeah, role. But he's Poor very yeah. good attacking player. Probably not mm-hmm. the best defender, but the jury's still out. Madison, Dijon, I think where Charleston got stunned significantly by Conte. Um I like uh if Kane goes, I think that we have I think Richarlson is the best backup nine in the league, like t- talent-wise. Yeah, he probably starts on 
eight or nine. Yeah, like if you guys had, if you guys brought in Richarlson this year, you would probably be happy. Yeah, probably. I mean, we had Wout last year. But um, I like, it's a very good core of players. And if you get the right manager and everybody buys in, um, I think you can play some some good football and um, beat some good teams. We don't have Europe, which is, you know, a big deal. I think we'll be able to focus on um, the league, and I think we could make a deep run in Carabao or FA Cup because we don't have to worry about Europe. Sure. Uh, James, anything to add to that? Tottenham, good, bad. Bad. (laughs) Tottenham, bad. Tottenham and bad, bad. everybody. And bad. I think Kane stays. Bad? Yeah. I think Kane I think stays, uh, which in terms of Tottenham's league performance will be good for them in terms of their long-term rebuild that they're like putting off every year bad. Mm-hmm. Dumbo. And I think... That, but I think that Madison will be very, very good for them. So Tottenham will have a few games. They'll beat City as usual. Um, You guys think they'll score on us this year at home or no? I don't know. I mean, if we win the treble without, then I'm fine Mm, with it. Here we go. There's the first one. Uh, But jerk off team. (laughs) Tottenham, I think have a have a resurgence. Uh, I mean, they look better anyway um, yeah. than they did last season. But I still think it's a uh, – I think they're outside of European places again. Okay. Nine, uh, eight, Pete, nine. Last thing, how have they played in um, preseason? Uh, pretty much what you'd expect. Like, attack looks good, defending bad. Defense. Three, two, four, <laughs> three. Defense bad. Yeah. Defense but, bad. you know, Van de Ven, uh, if Van de Ven okay? comes in – that's you're, you're plugging him straight in for Eric Dyer, you know. I mean, foot face, all foot face. And then all of a sudden, you have <laughs you have a back him. four and Romero and Van de Ven are your center backs, and mm-hmm. it's starting to look much more stable. You guys bringing Regri Lon back into the fold? Uh, I think he's a good good backup. I'd be happy to have him as a um, like fifth or sixth center back. Is Ndombele still on the roster? Yeah, he'll get he'll get looked. Have you guys found the loan for him yet? <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Um, speaking of stability, players leaving, etc. Uh, the last team we will cover in depth: Chelsea Football Club. Ooh. Vegas has them as fifth. Wow! In the league, um, guys, a ton of turnover here. You know, uh, we have Pochettino coming in. Former Tottenham manager who didn't have anything to work with, never had any kind of turnover at all, is now managing the team with the most turnover in like the history of the Prem. Their incoming transfers, just from this transfer window, Axel Decisi from Monaco for 40, Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal for 30, who will be shouldering the load, James, for the, as a striker. Um... Christopher and Cuckoo, who I think when they bought him, they thought he was a striker because they don't know anything about football. <laughs> He's a 52 million pound um, false nine 
kind of 10. He's a good player, kind of guy. If they can find he a, is a decent if they player. can find a way to play him, I, like that's the thing. They have so many weird pieces left over from their splurge <laughs> last year, and they've Bizarre. added six more players. <laughs> Seven. Actually, have listed. The listed ins are actually at uh, eleven, but I don't know how many of those. are. Well, half of half of them are players. end of loan. Like Lukaku's back, they haven't figured out what they're going to do no, with him yet. No, these are eleven players that were not on their roster in any way last year. That's coming back. <laughs> well, uh, does that I mean, include the in. youth players that are coming up, like Colwell, Matson, no. Lewis Hall? I, I'm, I'm, let me read the list. Let me finish it. Um, Kendrys Piaz of Vi, seventeen million. Robert, Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper, was just announced, which is probably their biggest signing, James. Um, putting him in instead of Kepa, I don't think he's starting like, in front of Kepa. He was Sanchez terrible last guy. season. Lost yeah, his job. I think he was a backup for Brighton. He he lost yeah. his he lost his starting job at Brighton to Lewis Steele. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Um, I'm still going through their transfers in Leslie Uga Chuga Wuga no. um, from Rant. I'm sorry, Ugu Chuwu. Uh, from Rain, $23 million. And then Angelo Gabriel from Santos. I think that's a long-term project. Alex Matos from Norwich. Diego Moreira from Benfica. And Ishe Samuel-Smith from Everton. You're, Those are their right. incoming players. Right. Uh, last year, they had to expand the locker room. They had to knock a wall down yeah. to have enough room for their players. And this offseason, they did get rid of a lot of players. Yeah. Havertz, Kovacic. Loftus Cheek, Mount, and Pulisic all went for significant fees on the most part. I think Pulisic for 18 is a steal for Milan, by the way. They got um, out, legit and, got out. Is this 14 players? The list is actually in the 30s, but I there's a lot of like, you know. They got out 16 first-team players first that they had players. had. First-team players. So, yes. and that means like, as Piliqueta, Dennis Zakaria, who had, they had had on mm-hmm. loan, Jal Felix is gone. Those are yeah. 16 people gone. Yes. Their squad is yeah. still too big. Yeah. It's still too big because they just brought in 11 more players or at least like seven first team players. Um, it's going to happen. They're, they're going to end up sitting some of these guys for the Champions League. You're going to have guys that are like previously were starting um, sitting for the Champions League. Yeah. And they still, James, do they really have a nine? Jackson is supposed to be I guess Jackson be, is the guy. I mean, I've so watched improving. him I've watched him play. I mean, he's quick. He's fast. Yeah. He's going to like there's going to be times where he's a handful for teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where did he come I from? I don't know enough about his game. He came from Villarreal. Villarreal. Yeah. Um, I mean 12 goals in 26 He ha- doesn't seem like he's like a great finisher. Mm-hmm. But he's he's athletic, fast, moves into channels. Like what's mm-hmm. a bigger issue for Chelsea is they still have Sterling on their roster. Yes. And I mean, it's not just still like he's on like a five-year deal that he signed last year, last year. Yeah. I mean, for three fifty a year. Yeah. And he looks terrible. Yes. He's looked awful in preseason, like even worse than last year. Um, last year, of course, Chelsea had a collection of players who were the, like the worst finishers in the league with Sterling and Havertz um, Jal Felix wasn't really any good at finishing when he arrived. They just had all these guys that were missing. And, I mean, who knows what Chelsea's going to be. I think that Pochettino is a great coach. Um, Pete, like, 
I just don't know how you manage this situation. Like 30 first team players. Um, I think it's, and it's, it doesn't seem like they're smart enough to ditch these guys. Well, it's one thing being smart you enough, know? but it's just not possible to get rid of that much dead yeah, weight. I mean, the I'm fact saying. that they've gotten rid of as much as they have is a small miracle, but they had so much. Yeah. Like, it was comical how big their squad was, and then they add in 11 guys on top of that. I mean, it's 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 crazy, and I think that no manager can deal with that because there's there's so many players on the team or the squad who don't know what their situation is. Like a guy like Mason yeah. Mount, who is incredibly talented, young player, gets lost in the shuffle, and meanwhile he's a guy who could have, you know, he was starting in the Champions. He was a huge... Um, a huge part of their Champions League run when they won the title. I just don't. I don't. I mean, yeah. Pochettino is a good coach, but it's a, it's a very different situation than any manager's ever been in the Premier League. <laughs> Nobody's ever had a squad that bloated. It's it's impossible. So, and they basically have a completely new team minus like the weird like having Sterling hang on than they did last season. Yeah. And then and it's completely different than the one they had the season before that. And then you have no core. Yes. You have exactly. no personality. You have no core at all. Like you can't have nothing. It's one thing to turn over a roster, six players or something like that every every summer. Um United's doing a pretty big turnover right now in their roster, but it has to be done incrementally. You can't just sign 10 players in a year and then seven more the next. Uh, it just, you know, it just feels like they're going to struggle really badly to find their identity. And James fifth place from Vegas is pretty wild. Don't you think like it, it, it it's like, it's just Chelsea because Chelsea, I, it I must know. be Chelsea just because Chelsea, place. because none of the people that they have on their squad right now are prem proven winners, except no. for Sterling. But that was because he was a part of the city. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we talked about this before, but the fact that Sterling Pete scored twenty goals a year at City, twenty plus goals a year at City well, for five years is insane. He yeah, should have scored thirty goals we, a year. We saw what happened. We saw what happened when he finally got real when uh, City put a real striker in. <laughs> Fifty goals. <laughs> You know, like, uh, it's just wild to me. I, I don't know. I think a big part of um, soccer, football, is team identity, team chemistry. Um, games are won and lost by one goal, Pete. And the margins are so thin. You can be on the knife's edge one minute and then fall off like Liverpool did um, for most of last year. You know, the, the previous years, they've been putting up 80, 90 points plus. And the team was the exact same. And they still fell off the knife's edge. Finding that knife's edge when you have so many different pieces, too many different pieces, is just too difficult. I, I don't see how Chelsea gets Yeah, the amount of collective talent they have is, I just... is incredible. But to put all those pieces together, I mean, if Pochettino can make it happen, he'll, he'll look like a genius. But, I mean, but you also have, like, confidence problems because if you have a bad game, there's 
five guys that play the same position as you that are vying for your spot, and you have to wait to get it back. You know, how's Mudrick going to get it back? He's got a very short leash. Uh, meanwhile, all oh, these I guys are on eight-year contracts, James. They still have Mudrick. <laughs> all all <laughs> these guys have eight-year contracts. Contract. Yeah, he's like $85 million. Like, I don't know. It just seems like it, it seems impossible. Zayich is still on their roster, guys. He's still on their roster. All these guys are still on their roster. Yeah, that's um, not the spine you want to have. Hudson Adoy is still on the roster. Romelu Lukaku is still on the roster. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you can put that together. Um, James, anything else to add to Chelsea conversation? No, I agree. Like, you know, Pochettino is a great coach. This is, seems yeah. like a crazy, crazy challenge, even for a coach of his it's stature. Such a... It is. A, and, and I don't think that it's going to get much easier because I think that old Todd up there is a, is real trigger happy with transfers. So we'll see how that all <laughs> plays out, but it seems like a crazy situation. It's going to be, I mean, if they come out of the gates hot, I think it's a, that's a story that picks up a lot of steam. You know, if they come out of the gates hot and they mm-hmm. can maintain some momentum, then yeah, I, you know, fifth, I, I don't know, maybe I, I would see them. I would see them being better than last season just because it, they were historically bad last season yeah like, I mean they have so much talent as much as just, New, like we yeah. talk about like everything going right for Newcastle it was just like everything just went wrong for Chelsea yeah like I think both of those situations are not super repeatable in that way I think Chelsea yeah they, they come back towards like more of where they were again Poach is a great coach they're gonna have scoring issues I think but if he can work that out then I, I see I could see like a fifth or a sixth Pete, anything to add to Chelsea? Nope. I think we uh, summed it up nicely. Okay, guys. So, um, we are long, but that's okay. It's a season preview. Um, I will give you the Vegas odds for the title, which I kind of see as a uh, correlate directly with where they think they will finish. Man City minus 125 to win the title. And that's without, I believe they'll make one more transfer, James. Um, I don't think... Bernardo Silva leaves. The Barcelona rumors are really weird. Um, but Cancelo is still on the roster, right? Uh, I think Cancelo is still on the roster. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he is. he's... He'll go. I mean, Pep definitely wants him gone. I get We have yeah. an issue with no wages, and we have an issue with an actual transfer fee because apparently he wants to go to Barcelona. <laughs> I do enjoy the Barcelona. I do um, like what happens with Twitter guys when Pep hates them. He's just like, ah, I'm done yeah. with this guy. And then they're gone. It doesn't like look him in the eye again. Just just let him talk to him again. It's fine. Okay, so City, Arsenal at plus five fifty, basically five to one. Liverpool eight to one. Manchester United eleven to one. Chelsea sixteen to one. That's fifth place, guys. Newcastle two thousand to one. Tottenham five thousand to one, Brighton ten thousand to one, Villa fifteen thousand to one, etc., etc., etc. All right, guys. So we are at that point. I would like to know your top. Give me eight. eight. Give me your top eight. eight. I will start. Man. Yeah, you can do it. You want to go further? <laughs> Trust me, you can do okay. it. You can do All it. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So Pete first. I have. Oh, you. No, I'll do it first. It's it's a tall ask. 
I have City, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Newcastle, Tottenham, Villa, Chelsea. All right. Pete, can you do it? I have the same top four as you. (laughs) Man City, Man United, second place. Liverpool, Ken's Arsenal, taking a step back. Chelsea, Tottenham, Newcastle, Villa. So you think Chelsea can put it back together? Well, okay. fifth, fifth All right, place. James. You know, it's not like burned down the building. Yeah, it's viable though. James. All right, City, United. <laughs> Three second Liverpool, place United. Newcastle. Wow, Arsenal's Arsenal. buried. Villa. Wow. Tottenham. Chelsea. Wow. Okay. Brighton after that, I guess. Yeah. It's big, guys. That's big. Uh, I'm a little scared of the expectations. I'm interested to see what City does. You just you can't count them out. I mean, I recently was doing a lot of research on the best teams of all time, and Pep Guardiola showed up on a lot of those lists. And a lot of those teams, when they win a title – they don't drop back down until something happens. I mean, basically, till he leaves. He decides he's going to leave. Um, this City team has finished second before, um, but there's so many question marks comparatively in other squads, and City have Holland, who, in my opinion, you guys, tell me if you agree with this, Holland should be the Ballon d'Or winner. Um, he won't be, but he should yeah. be. Not in a World Cup. I mean, year. almost regardless of what happens. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah it's going to be messy. It'll be messy. But it's going to be messy because of the World Miami's Cup. But, but I, yeah. Messy. I mean, I, I, do, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the feat that he accomplished first season in the yeah. Prem is, it's up yeah. there. It absolutely is. Um, I, I think it'll be. I think Liverpool and Chelsea will be so much better. I mean, especially Chelsea, they can't be as bad that we'll get a lot more um, of these big team games that are good. And I'm hoping that United are viable for the next few years and we have a nice Champions League runs. Uh, the other leagues, to me, look pretty much the same, except the La Liga quality, James, has dropped significantly um, because of teams like Villa and Newcastle stealing their top talent from their best teams. Um, and the gap is just going to grow wider I think Real Madrid is rebuilding, but should be better than Barcelona, Pete. I I don't know. I'm just not – I'm never sold on Barcelona. Um, Bayern Munich's going to win the German League. Um, if they get Harry Kane, they could make a Champions League run, guys. But do you see any Champions League teams coming out of any of those other leagues um, to compete against City, Arsenal, um, I don't think you can put United in the conversation yet. But I think it depends on where um, Mbappe and Kane go. Because I think that um, okay, that's fair. if Bayern get Kane, they're, they're definitely a big-time threat to win yeah. champs. I think PSG okay. is, is going to drop out. Uh, I mean, I think that Mbappe probably leaves the season, and if not, 
I think that there's a lot of like tension there for them, and they've had him yeah. for. They've had him on a better team. They, they just lost Messi, and they, people want to shit talk Messi's performance in France. He was he had like twenty goals and twenty assists. <laughs> twenty goals, twenty assists. Yeah. It, so it's like he's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you've lost Messi. Um, it is, you know, I think PSG drop out of that like major contention, uh, and I, I think you can't yeah. count out Real. You can't count out Real, and as, and if they pick up Mbappe, then I think they're favorites. Yeah, I agree. Favorites. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they signed Bellingham. Or at least um, even with Real nice City. core there. The Mbappe situation, guys, we've just been talking for too long. We can get into it next week. Um, but the Mbappe situation is comical and very French, Pete. Very, very French. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. We'll talk more about that in the next episode. We will be back. After next weekend's games, James, I think you might be gone. You're going to be in China. Not then, but shortly after that. We might see you. We should get Ken back. I think his family's sick. We won't see Ken unless Arsenal win. Yeah. That's true. That's another prediction. (laughs) That's That's another prediction. That's fair. It's probably... We'll be there as a prediction. All right, uh, Pete, anything to add to our season preview? Nope, can't wait. One week. It's been a long summer of ridiculous, stupid transfer rumors, and can't wait for actual soccer to talk about. Absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. James, anything to add to your treble-winning team coming back for another treble? Starting the push for another treble sure. tomorrow. I mean, well. Historic quadruple? Wow. Question mark? Could be a, it could be a quintuple. Oh, quintuple. community yeah, shield sure. never been done. Well, club you guys cup. also have dumb trophies. You got club world cup. You got yeah. uh, European super cup. Yeah, you got all those. It could be uh, how many really could it be? Like if seven. we count the community shield, it's it's a seven. I think seven is the what Bayern did and Barcelona did. Well, then that's what we're gonna Six. do. Best team ever. Yeah, you heard it here. I, and I just want to say, I did, I, okay. I did call the treble. Uh, I did predict that you at the beginning of last season. Yeah. Every single year, <laughs> every single year. So I'm calling the septuple. Such a turd. I'm calling the septuple. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, that's gonna do it for the season preview. James, you might have to split this into two. We could probably figure out a way no. to do that. I don't know. Too much work. Yeah. That's fine. Joey's been begging for this episode, so hopefully it'll match uh, his expectations. But that is our season preview. You can bank on pretty much everything you said. James makes predictions all the time that are very, very true. You can go back last year and listen to his treble predictions and the predictions of his city team winning in the finals that they were in. They are verified as correct. Um, Appreciate as that. Of this year. So, yeah, no problem. No problem, dude. No problem. Uh, For James Lewis, for Dr. Pete and Ken Lee, I'm Tom Miller saying, let's get back to the football.